Hello, everybody, and welcome to part two of episode 96. Um, if you guys haven't already listened, if for some reason you clicked on part two before part one, uh, Evan did his views and analysis on all the games and with his predictions for week seven's matchups. So head over there if you guys want to hear his takes on the games and the recap and what forth or so forth, sorry. And then you come back here, listen to me, or if you want to listen to me first, that's fine too. Um, but yeah, if you haven't heard from his episode, um, Evan's going through tough times right now, uh, with family issues. So condolences out to him and, uh, his family. It's really tough to go through that. Um, I've been there with him in the past with situations, uh, a little different, but still with the same results. So, um, always good to be there for your boys and always, I'm always there for him when he needs any help. So that's what we're here for. But, um, but for today in this episode, um, I'm not going to do as much analysis because Evan, uh, usually takes lead on breaking the games down with what happened and then I'll get pitching with my takes. So shooting for about what his was 20 to 30 minute mark, just to get you guys out of here nice and quick, it'll round out to an overall hour episode, which is what we would normally do. So that's enough for the intro and right into the recap off to a bad start with my boys, Chelsea, one nil defeat to Man City. Now, the game plan was there defensively. Obviously, everybody's thinking, uh, as Evans called him, TT, my boy Thomas Tuchel, tactical genius, and two, three games in a row were beating Man City. And eventually, the break, like there was going to be a break there where City got one back, and this was that day. And the goal was nice. I mean, there's nothing really you can do. I mean, defensively, it was there. Everybody was in the right spots. And it was just, it, sometimes it just goes in and there's nothing you can do about it. So the problem was we didn't record any shots on target. We had a lot of issues with cards. Um, N'Golo Conte was in there, uh, had to come out. He's got more injury issues now as well as COVID. So he's probably going to be out this weekend, which is a big loss. So that's needing us to get Saul more up to speed just in case Jorginho and Kovacic aren't up to a full 90 minutes. And we saw the the first start of the season for Timo Werner. Um, that was a major change, in my opinion, uh, going from the three up front the, with Lukaku, the main forward, and the two uh, inside forwards, mainly being uh, Ziyech and Havertz, or Mason Mount as well. Um we went with two up top and three in the middle, more more conservative, and and it was working out in the first half. There it was there, but just not. It just wasn't meant to be. And I think Reese James did pick up a bit of a knock in this game, actually, if I'm correct. Yeah, he had subbed off. He had ankle issues, so I'm sure he's not going to be playing this week. He didn't play in the Champions League matchup where we lost to Juve uh, a day two yesterday, as of recording this. So. Chelsea's not in, in, in a good space right now. Um, I don't remember the last time under Tuchel where we lost two consecutive games. Uh, we're in a weird spot now, and it's it's falling on those attackers now. We bring in the guy like Lukaku to solve that problem, and it's it's and in these big matches we need him to step up. And the opportunities he's getting, they're just not he's not converting them. Timo had a few chances. And I don't know. I mean, it's tough. I mean, with City and Pep, you know they're always going to be creative going forward. Um, first time with Grealish, we're playing against City. 
a very dynamic player, and Jesus kind of pushed on the wing is doing doing nicely for him. He got in form this week in FIFA, a right wing card. And Evan was complimenting the Man City defense, and the, rightfully so. It's a absolutely banging defense right up there with, with ours, and it just wasn't meant to be. So I think this matchup right here is going to, is going to have uh, effects later on in the year with the final um, conclusion of the season. Um, and hopefully Chelsea can make up for that in these next coming weeks. So uh, I'd like to see that from the Man City great result. Uh, now they go to play Liverpool. And if they can pull off the double, then everybody's their odds are going to go way higher to finish top of the league. So credit to both. Moving on to the other Manchester team, this time losing 1-0. Uh, the red half, Manchester United nil, Aston Villa one off a Courtney Hall's corner header. Out of nowhere, United 28 shots to Villa 7, about even on target 4-3 to three going United's way. I mean, that's what that's what Dean Smith puts out there. It's a quality side that knows their roles, and they get the job done. And, and I think the biggest problem for them is that their strikers aren't scoring. That's the main problem. They're they're lacking firepower. They bring in a guy like Danny Ings on deadline day, or just about around that. And great start this season. Two goals right quick, first two games, and they bring in Ollie Watkins after a couple weeks. Now they kind of forcing them to play together because they're both starting quality strikers in the Premier League. And I think there needs to be a choice where maybe they have to go back to that four three three. I think they can definitely do that. It's going to be. They have to put competition on those two guys to compete for that role. Earn your money. And I think that would suit them better, but they're going to go with this 3-5-2 at times and or an even narrow narrow formation. So interesting to see from them, and they can get the job done against the United side who everybody thought was impenetrable. And we saw yesterday in the Champions League that they aren't as well. I mean, Villarreal took it to them. Uh, and then we, Cristiano and the dying embers gets a gets a win for him. So, um, let me just double take. I'm I'm pretty sure I saw that result go United's way with Ronaldo in the 90th minute, 95th minute. Yeah, they did. Okay, but the first half was United's defense was all over the place. But aside from that, they got the result. Um, now that they have Ronaldo, it's like the old times where. They're never out of it. It's for when Fergie time hits, it's for real, and Ronaldo's that guy. So that goes without being said. But great result there. We obviously had the skied penalty, I believe it was in this matchup with Bruno. Yeah, he missed the penalty in the ninety third minute. Controversial with Ronaldo not taking it after the free kicks, um, with Bruno. So I, I think it's right. He is considered the new player at the club. He comes back even though he's a legend of the club and for what he's done for all them it's still like you're the new player and Bruno's got the armband for a reason and sometimes you're gonna miss and it's worse now because Ronaldo's there and everybody knows what he's made of so it'll be interesting to see the next time they're awarded a penalty or even a free kick around the top of the box so um, it's probably leaning more towards Ronaldo's way and I'm sure the fans will be pushing for it but I don't know it's a tough place to be there and it doesn't help when you're losing results like this and dropping off that that uh, title challenge. So Villa, a great result. United, back to the drawing board. Going to have to figure out uh, the, the defense situation. All right, moving on. Everton 2, Norwich 0. Pretty standard here. Everybody knew what was going to happen here. Um, still, Everton, even against bottom of the league, Norwich, giving up possession. 
not as much as Norwich. Norwich is a side that controlled the ball well in this game. Like Evan, I was listening to Evan earlier. They they did a good job here. Uh, I'd like to see Josh Sargent actually get a goal in the Premier League. That'd be awesome to see from him. But uh, Pookie's been their only guy to score. I think they've still only scored two total goals, if I'm correct. Let me just double check that. Um, yeah, they've only scored two goals, and both of them are from Pookie in six games. So I'd like to see more out of him. He's he's getting the minutes. It's just it's not working. Uh, as well as Ozan Quebec, obviously loaned out from Liverpool. It's just not meant to be for him to be in the Prem. So a lot of low knees there for whatnot, but they just can't get the job done, and Rafa's a serious manager here. I think I think Everton's in the same position as last year, points-wise in that, and league table um, under Ancelotti, but I think it's a different story with Rafa. Rafa's a guy that knows the Prem. Uh, he's been in all sorts of clubs in the league, both top and struggling at the bottom. So I think he has a group of players that he trusts and that um, he didn't have to bring in too many. Uh, obviously, Townsend's working out as well as Damari Gray. Uh, we've yet to see Rondon get off the get on the board yet, but um, we'll see if that comes. And they've obviously been without, especially in this game, uh, Richarlison and DCL, and I think they will be at without them uh, in next week's matchup against United. So it's going to be very interesting to see um, how they're, they're, they're just going to pack it in and counter. But... Um, yeah, Everton's just getting the job done, and it's nice to see. I love Allen in there. Uh, Ducori scoring is a great thing to see. It's awesome to see your midfielders get on the board when um, your strikers are struggling. And for Norwich, it's like, I, I don't know. It's like there's nothing there. There's nothing that wants to make you watch. There's nobody special that gets you up out of your seat. There are a couple players here and there, like Max Aarons, I think, is very underrated. I think he'd play amazingly in a a different side. I think he could be a similar player to how Tyreek Lamptey was last year with Brighton. I think he's has that quality in him. Uh, Billy Gilmore not in the lineup this game. Didn't even um, come off the bench, so we need to see more of him. Uh, he's not getting off to a good start either, and it's tough when you're bringing in all these new players that never played together. A lot of them first time in the league, and it's kind of like you throw people together with big price tags and expect things to happen, but uh, sometimes it doesn't work, and in Norwich's case, it isn't. So um, they're going to have to figure things out. They have an amazing matchup next week, so again, next week against Burnley where I think that it'll be a similar matchup to this where they're going to have more possession of the ball, and they just need to put away their chances. Um, so, yeah, saying that, we move on to West Ham 2, Leeds 1, West Ham saving it late for Mikel Antonio back on the board, absolute demon up top. Love to see it from him. Leeds, uh, when I was listening to the episode, Evan wanted to hear my take on Leeds, and I think Leeds are are figured out. I think they're bottom of the league uh, contenders down there. It's like there's no there's no fire, there's no drive. It's just like there's all these holes are opening up, and I don't. I think it was a problem. They just didn't sure up the defense in the summer. They did not bring in players to solidify the back line. They have guys all hurt now. They're struggling with injuries, and they just do not have the depth at those positions to fill them, and it's it shows in the table. They're giving up 14 goals in six games, only, only ahead of Norwich and level with Newcastle, and both of those teams are right there with them. Um, and it doesn't help when Bamford's out. Bamford didn't play in this game. They had to put Rodrigo up there, who is a striker, um, but not in this team very often due to Bamford obviously being there. And you have bright spots like Rafinha, picking up the slack but there's just not enough quality in there um 
I mean, we saw Calvin Phillips in the Euros. He was the man of the man of the tournament for them, um, and he just does not have that same role and player quality around him to do what he did there. Um, so, I mean, West Ham obviously a quality side. They always week in week out with hardly any changes. We're seeing Zuma getting a long run in the team now over Craig Dawson, and rightfully so. That's the future that they're going for. They pay $30 million plus million for the guy, and he's proven in the Chelsea squad, obviously high-level competition, and the club thought it'd be best for him to leave and get actual playing time, and I think that's fair to him, and I think West Ham's a great side for him to play in, and I think a partnership of him and Ogbonna is quality. Um, both both great guys. Ogbonna had his own problems breaking into the first team with uh, Juventus. He was out there in Italy a, while, a, while, a little while ago, and it's hard competing against Chiellini and Benucci in their primes, and he he thought the same way, and he comes to West Ham and joins their project there, and eventually it turns into this now, where they're top six sides in the Europa League. They got a win today, quality from them, and all over the park it was well done from well done from them. So I think moving forward, Leeds is going to have to find that defensive strength to not concede. I'm pretty sure they've conceded every single game this year. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm just double checking. They gave one to Newcastle, they gave three to Liverpool, one to Burnley, two to Everton, and then the five. Yeah, they've they've given up a goal every game. They've yet to hold a clean sheet, and I think they're one of only maybe one or two sides to yet have a clean sheet. And that's just the way they play. I don't. Bielsa's not a manager to go back on his ways. He, it's his way, or and like they'll win with it or they'll lose with it, and he's fine with that. And the club backs him, but it's going to come a point where if they're still in the dumps like this in the bottom bottom of the basement uh, come Christmas, it's going to be a decision by the club to either we change things or we, we stick it out and we go back to the championship. And I don't think anybody wants to see that after what they did last year. So a lot of questions on them, not a lot of questions on West Ham. We know what they offer, and it's it's winning. All right, moving on. Um I called this game. I actually should have said this at the start. I apologize um, for my records last week with the pick Um I finished 4-6. and six. Evan finished 3-7 and seven. The overall. That makes Evan 30-30, and 30, about dead even, and that makes me 27-33. and 33. It's very tough to do these. It's like with the draws, it's easier with the NFL. I know the guys do the pick em. It's a win or loss. It's very rare there's a tie, but in the Premier League, you, oh, there's draws all the time. There were four draws this week uh, in this in this selection of games, so it's very tough to pick. But um, yeah, it, that's how that went, and we'll hope to do better this week. Um, but I did pick this next game correctly with Leicester two, Burnley two. Um, didn't see it happening this way with Avardi own goal and him getting two for his own team. Very rare. You see that, but. Leicester, lots of possession. Burnley doing their thing. They are the side with the least amount of possession on average um, with 38. And that's just the way Sean Dice is. I mean, he's it's proven that they stay in the league. And the board's okay with that. They know they're not going to do anything insane. I mean, they did finish seventh one year. But um, very rare that's going to happen again with the way they play. It's just there's not a lot of flair in there. Um, nice to see the new signing score from them, Cornet. Um, but... Like like Evan said, his there's too much quality in that um, Leicester side. I think this was Look Adama Lookman's uh, Adamola. What is his first name? Yeah, Adamola. Sorry, sorry for that. Um, Lookman's first start in the squad. He got the start over Madison, which I think is fair. 
Madison's been kind of bland, but I'd like to see more Ian Acho in the squad. I think he adds a different dimension to their attack. I think two up front would work a lot better for them, um, even though they have all those wings in their side. But I think bringing in a guy like Daka uh, and then having Ian Acho also on the bench isn't is kind of a waste of money, in my opinion. So um, that's just my take on how they should line up. But obviously, Brendan Rodgers is more qualified than me. Um, but who knows? And Burnley always come out in their four four two, very standard Nick Pope and goal quality. Um, Cornet, his first start out there. So um, I've been waiting to see Chris Wood start scoring. I mean, the guy scored 12 goals last season. He was by far their lead scorer by at least five goals. Not very not very good off the mark. I think he only has one goal this season so far, if that. And that's a guy they look for on those those crosses and whipped in balls. He's he's the, the man from New Zealand is huge, and he's a ginormous target. So I'm surprised the usage of him is not there. Uh, but I think it's a great result for Burnley. They always nick these big games like this, and it helps them stay up. Leicester's sake, it's not helping them. I mean, they drop all the way to 13th now. Obviously, early on, a win here jumps them up uh, significantly. But they're, they're having a problem with leaking goals, and it's just due to fitness and injuries. They were bitten in the butt, even in preseason. With that, with the unfortunate injury of Fafana and James Justin, and and Johnny Evans is still having issues with his injury. So they're having to play guys that are new to the system and have their flaws um, from past clubs, and it doesn't help having to join a new system and get used to that, um, being Vestigard and, and Bertrand. But both of them are from Southampton, so they should have some familiar ties there playing together. Um, so... I think they have a very underrated midfield there with Ndidi, Tillemans, and then Sumari off the bench. So um, I'd like to think Leicester would pull it back. Obviously today, as of recording this on the Thursday, they lost in the Europa League to Liga Warsaw. Very poor, and it's just a meltdown at this point. So I'm not feeling them this week either. Moving on, Newcastle won, Watford won. I I really wish Watford won this game for me in the in the parlay, man. I got screwed there, but um, wasn't meant to be. Um, and as well, I had I had Saint on his own to score, and he missed he, the the one player from Watford under hit back pass to Ben Foster. Saint wins the ball, tries to dribble around Ben Foster, and then just chokes on the shot, doesn't even get it off, lays it off. It was very upset there. But uh, Watford really had to work for this point. Newcastle did very well at the start. They controlled the game. And Watford had to work their way back in. Saint's a very dangerous player in this league. He's one of the one of the most, um, what's the word? He's the most, he's the most elegant, maybe not elegant, but he's the most dynamic on the ball, Very, very lots of flair, lots of speed, very dynamic going forward. Um, kind of how you'd like Traore to be. But Traore's a little more clunky. Saints got more control and finesse on the ball. I think that's what I was looking for, finesse. So it's awesome to have him up there. They're missing Callum Wilson a lot. They scored a lot of goals with him in there the first couple games. Uh, multiple goals a game with him in there. That two-headed monster. But now they're having to deal with just Saint and hoping Joe Willock can pick up for him from last year and Jolington and Miguel Almiron to find some flair and some spark in there, but Sean Longstaff with an absolute screamer, top corner, Ben Foster, um, debatably could have saved it. Um, 
And then that man Sark coming back the other way. He's on fire this year. He's their main guy. I think he's got about three or four goals now in the six games. So um, Watford is a solid side in this league, and I think this was a well-deserved point for both. All right, Liverpool 3, Brentford 3, crazy game. Nobody expected this. Um, Brentford, the story for them, for them has been lacking goals. Um, before this, they averaged one goal a game. Now they score three and one, which is crazy. Um, and they weren't giving up any goals. They only gave up two and five, and now they gave three here. So it's a weird story for them. They scored on, on half chances that kind of trickled through some of them. And that's Liverpool just being flat-footed and whatnot. But their dynamic attack was there, of course, with their lineup. Mo Salah, I think, scoring his 100th goal for um, Liverpool now. Or, sorry, in the Premier League, I believe. Right? No. Was it 100th? I think, no, it was his 100th goal for Liverpool. Sorry. So, he did that. Jota, of course, quick reply for their first. And Curtis Jones with a screamer. Quality matchup. Very surprised by Liverpool letting up goals like this. But um, Brentford's a side that really knows how to analyze teams. They have their own analytical system where um, when it comes to scouting, it's all about the numbers and that, and it seems like it's working. So I think you might have people are going to have to start ba- backing them more now because I think they're the only side that really do that. And I think some clubs are going to have to start following suit if they want to excuse me, get the edge on these other teams. So they bring something new to the league, which Leeds did last year, and Wolves did when they originally came. So um, they're just that hot new team right now, and I think it's nice to see. So I think Liverpool now, coming from this, really have to figure things out, especially against Man City, um, whereas Brentford get to play a West Ham team now that are very dynamic as well. It's going to be another tough matchup for them. So both sides have to bounce right back into hard matches. <clears throat> Speaking of Wolves, as I mentioned, Wolves won Southampton nil. Got this one right. Wolves have been averaging um, 14 shots a game. They were only limited to five here, and three of them being on target, whereas Southampton have 18 and six on target. So uh, I think my pregame, not, not my pregame, my prediction for this game last week's episode, if you haven't heard, um, I said Wolf, Wolves create a lot of chances where Southampton don't, and it was the complete opposite here. I knew Southampton would hold possession here. I just did not think they'd be on the on the end of shooting a lot. Uh, their attack's been really struggling, and it showed in the in the final result with no goals scored. But the result, the chances were there, and that was the story for Wolves a lot of the time this year. It's like they they have a lot of chances and they could, can't put them away. And that man Raúl Jiménez finally gets a goal that he's been long searching for and his celebration showed the the relief knowing that he can still do it he still can play in the top league in the world he still has it and that's great for a player to have uh, is confidence in himself that's the self-belief is an incredible thing to have and having that for him is huge and I think that can help rally the other guys around him so um, to keep it short I think that's a great result for Wolves They've needed it a lot. They've been struggling early on, and now two wins in three games is great for them. They can climb out of that relegation battle, so good for them. And moving on to teams that started off bad, Arsenal 3, Tottenham 1, North London Derby. I was shocked with how Arsenal came out here. I don't think very many people had Arsenal coming out like this. I think people thought this was going to be really tight, really close to the end, scrappy game. 
and right out of the gate, Arsenal just put their foot mark on the game and just let Tottenham know that, hey, we're here. This is us. We're coming at you. And Nuno just wasn't ready for it. And they just got ripped apart with Roe, Saka, and Aubameyang up there. It was great to see Odegaard in there. Unfortunate for Saka. Um, he picks up a long-term injury now, I think, until the, um, January, I believe, around the Christmas time. So that's that's poor that's poor to see for for him and that with a with a knee, a knee ligament issue. So we're gonna see a lot more time for Sambi, and when Partey's fit, he'll be in there too. He's obviously gonna pick up injuries every once in a while. So um, they might have to look for somebody in the winter time if Shaka doesn't get back up to a scratch right away. So that's that's uh, for another time, but. Yeah, I was happy to see Arsenal win this game. It's awesome to see them do that, um, which they haven't really been doing in the past uh, with Tottenham and their feats. But I think it ultimately comes down to Harry Kane just not being himself. You can see mentally he's just not there. Um, he wanted that move so bad. He felt like he was, um, he felt like he was done dirty a little bit by Levy and them. And I don't know if it's maybe he's doing it on purpose in a way. I don't think he would for the fans, but to the fans but it's just kind of weird six games in no Harry Kangle and it's kind of it's kind of fitting because Tottenham's aside for a long time that have been relying on him and now he's not there for them and they're and they're struggling in the league now very early obviously three games or six games they split three three evenly uh but just lacking goals and Son can't do it alone, and he needs a partner up there. And I don't think Lucas and and Bergwijn are the same quality as Harry Kane is when he's ready. But it just shows like how much they need him to be there, and he's just not. So weird, weird state for Tottenham there. But Arsenal pounce on that. They show um, that they're here and they're ready to get back in the mix in the Premier League. Um, final game, Crystal Palace won Brighton won. Kind of heat about this. I had Palace winning it. All of a sudden, the 95th minute, Mupai chips the goalie. Very unfortunate. Very bullshit. Um, <laughs> oh, it was weird, man. Mupai is a fucking bastard. He's just a per- he's a, a very polarizing player. Um, you either hate him or you love him. So, I think Vieira is starting to figure out his system and I think Edward the past couple games getting the nod is nice. I think he adds a new dynamic to those guys up front and having Benteke off the bench is nice. Gives you that height and late on in games offset pieces when players are tired. He can take he can come into full effect. So I thought Palace did well here. I think he's run the same back line, the back five, including the goalie every single game and those guys getting minutes, 90 minutes, week in and week out together is quality. Gets them more chemistry, more cohesion. They understand each other better, and that's huge. I think going the same team every week is good. And Palace will start climbing up the table a little bit, getting results. Uh, I'm starting to have more faith in them. Um, about dead even on the possession. Brighton a little bit more, but the, the chances are there. Um so yeah, I mean, I th- I'm I'm starting to like Palace a little bit more. That's probably dangerous. And Brighton's overachieving a lot. They're getting results when they need them. That's what teams do. That finish at the top end of the table. Four wins, one draw, and one loss. That one loss um, coming from Everton, but they're they're in a very nice position right now. 
um, only six wins away from their first time getting 10 in the Prem. Um, I th- I'd hope they can do that unless things just absolutely go into shambles. But um, yeah, that we're at the 27-minute mark, so we're going over my estimated time shocker. Um, but now we're into the prediction time. We're going to pick these Week 7 games, and there's a couple juicy ones in here. All right, right off the bat, Man United, Everton. Everton, no DCL, no Richarlson. Going to sit back. Rondon's not that guy, so they're really going to need those wingers. And I think those fullbacks can match up with United. So I'm going to back up United here. I think my man Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, another goal, and another win for United. Bounce it back there. Um, Next one, Burnley, Norwich. I was in the shower listening uh, to Evan during the show, and I was trying to think about this Norwich game when he was talking about it. And previous weeks when the Norwich played Watford um, two weeks ago, I thought Norwich needs a result soon. I think they're never going to finish the whole season without getting a single win. That'd be incredible if they did. But I think Burnley is a side that give up goals after goals after goals, whether it's one or two. They do leak goals. And I think Norwich has some pace on their side to expose those backs as well as some height. So I'm going to go with a weird one again. I'm going to take a chance again in Norwich away. It's going to be a long shot, but I'm going to do it uh, for the sake of competition with Evan to get an edge on him. And I, I, I do think Josh Sargent can be a factor here. I'd love to see him get a goal, as I stated before. So I'm going to be back. I'm going to back the Canaries here. <laughs> I'm going to with the chuckle in my laugh. It's like I'm second-guessing myself. But, yeah, I'm staying firm with it. I'm going to back the Canaries. Next, Chelsea Southampton going to be a very intense game. Southampton's a side that can always nick results. We saw them draw City. We saw them um, draw West Ham. We saw them get a result over um, United drawing with them as well. And, I mean, they, they can do it. They can keep possession. Um, they're well-managed. Um, and they do have players that can get us out of position, especially on set pieces, I think. Um But I don't think that's enough. I think Chelsea can nick this game 1-0 with Lukaku. I think he's very overpowering for those guys. And I think we we will see us go back to three up front instead of just the two. Um, Really missing Mason Mount. Don't know where he's been, Um, even when he's playing. um, Just has not brought that same energy from last season. He was the centerpiece of the team. Maybe not on the score sheet as consistently, but... He was a player that gave his all and was always a man-of-the-match contender every week. Um, and that even in the Euros, he did a, a fantastic job. But um, he's having his own issues, I guess. I don't know. We'll hopefully see him in this matchup. I think him getting a kickstart back in uh, will help a lot, as well as Pulisic. We're, we're, we haven't seen Pulisic, and he wasn't in this week's Champions League matchup. But um, I don't know. I think they're going to rest him for a little while. He's still been training with after COVID and that, and he's probably not going to go on international break after this week. So um, our attacking depth is kind of thin right now with just Havertz, Werner, um, and Ziyech up there. So um, it'll be interesting to see the lineup. I'm sure it'll be bad, pretty standard, but um, I think Chelsea can just get the job done here without leaking goals. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Chelsea there. Next, Watford leads back in Watford here. 
I think Saar is going to expose those backs. I think Leeds are just and are going to be in panic mode after this. No Luke Ayling on that right side. He's he's um, simple. Uh, I'm reading here in the uh, this article. He needs simple surgical intervention on his knee, uh, and will be out for an uh, unknown amount of time. But they're estimating it for about a month, maybe. But I just don't think they have it back there, and I think Watford decide that on the counterattack, especially with how Leeds exposes themselves on the attack, that uh, Watford can score two or three here. So I'm going to back Watford away. Next match, Wolves-Newcastle. Back in Wolves, I think they they move on here. I think just St. Max isn't going to be enough. I think he, will, he can bag a goal for them, but I think Wolves can um, expose... Uh, Newcastle a little bit, especially with Traore's speed. I think going down Richie's side, um, he's just too quick for him and can really open up a lot of things. So I'm going to back Wolves. Next, Brighton hosting Arsenal. Tough one. I know Evan was really thinking about this one as well. But um, it'll be interesting to see him looking here that uh, Basuma's having a little bit of issues, so he might not play. I'm sure he will, but... Um, I'm going to back Arsenal here. I think that they they ride on their uh, adrenaline from the North London derby, which a lot of the times I think they kind of fumble the bag a little bit um, after a big win. There's kind of a big uh, humbling period where it's like, no, like you guys got to settle down. You're not the big guys anymore. But um, I think they can. I think they can get back here. I think Brighton is a team that's way up there that probably won't be at the end of the year, but should be an interesting matchup. I think so. I think it'll be close. I think Arsenal um, will have more possession, but I think Brighton are going to be just tactically there, defensive, and their defensive third, and it might turn out to be like a Palace game where uh, they nick something late on. But I think Arsenal get the job done. Palace, Leicester, going to go with a draw. I'm going to think another draw here. I just cannot pick Leicester. They've just been poor, poor, and poor. Um not their, from their performances, but from the results. They're just not getting the results to be that top eight club that a lot of people expected them to be. And I think Palace's stock is on the up. I really think they're a team that are um, rising in the power rankings and my power rankings. I think they're a top 10 playing side right now. They might be a bit of a shout, but I think they can get the job done here and get a, get a result. Um, but I think it's only a draw. Spurs Villa next. Spurs really flaking out. I think Kane just isn't there. Um, and I think this can be a moment for Villa to really open up their attacking force with Watkins and Ings. I think it's really, we they really need to start linking up because that's what they're there for. And that's why they brought Danny Ings to back up Ollie Watkins because of all last year he had no support up there. So as well as Buendia. Buendia kind of slack and not really doing much, but I think Villa will get the job done in a little bit of an upset here uh, in London. West Ham, Brentford. Going to take a... My gun didn't think it was a draw. I, I love Brentford here. I think they can win the, the game, but I think West Ham with Moyes. You know what? I'm going to go with Brentford to win here. I'm going to back the analytical statistics, the way they analyze games pre-match to go by the numbers. Uh, I think they can unlock West Ham here. Yeah, I'm going to go with Brentford here. Next, Liverpool City. I know Evan was hating on Liverpool here, but I love Liverpool here. Uh, Mo Salah is in phenomenal form right now, and I think going against City, um, a side that he loves to play against, he loves to score in these big moments, and these are title-winning, ga- title-deciding games, in my opinion, uh, between these clubs. And 
in the past they've been amazing to watch um just how to how to tactically set up against each other it's amazing to see and last year it wasn't meant for liverpool they tied 1-1 and lost 4-1 um and that was in the stretch where liverpool were struggling at home but i think the form they're in van dyke's back um and the way henderson's getting involved in the attack is awesome to see so i'm gonna back liverpool here at anfield okay that concludes uh part two of episode 96 like i said at the start please go listen to evan's half of the episode um titled london is red uh i was thinking about titling this one london is blue for chelsea but um yeah i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna i'm gonna title this one london is blue it'll it'll fit the part one and two um so yeah thank you guys so much for watching check out all of our socials at post 20 pod um head over check our other content with the adfl rundown with the pick'em and that with some of the other guys um uh, those guys do a really good job with that uh, and check our socials for what they pick and that and then we'll be live treating, tweeting excuse me on the weekends with games whether it's NFL and um, Premier League and whatnot and I was thinking about starting something for the Champions League maybe on Mondays um, that's yet to be determined but we'll see going forward I think that's something we can add more content to uh, just for you guys that want that extra um extra content there after listening to Premier League, get a little Champions League taste. Uh, head over to our other streaming platforms, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, drop us a follow, help us grow and get get uh, seen by other people, get us more into people's recommendations, uh, as well as our YouTube. If you want to check some old videos of us on there, going through the same process of what we're doing here just together, uh, post 20 podcasts over there, hit the red subscribe button, notification bell on all platforms. If you want to be notified whenever we post new content. Uh, and other than that, thank you guys so much, uh, for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back next week, hopefully together, probably not, but, uh, it might be a similar format to this. Uh, but we will, we will be together once, uh, episode hundred comes because it's a special moment there for the show and for us together doing this for so long. Uh, and that's sound to you guys to keep that, keep coming back to listen, uh, or watch the YouTube. So once again, to close, thank you so much. Uh, and we'll see you next week.